Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you, Lord, for your word that has been spoken and shared among all the believers. Lord, we see your hand upon this group, Master. We see the, your hand of protection upon each one of those families. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you are, you are showing a difference between the world and your house, O oh Master. And we thank you for that. Father, every need in this place, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, Lord, we declare that you are going to meet it even as we study your word, O oh Master. Because it's your work, it's your finished work, and it is your Holy Spirit that hovers over this earth. Father, help us to be able to see your Son, the Lord Jesus, during this time. And be satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, Sushil was um, sharing about a dream that he had. Uh, and I, I definitely want you to encourage you to uh, read on his blog. Uh, but I, I had a dream on April 2nd. So it was very vivid. I never get prophetic dreams. <laughs> I mean, I get dreams, but I, I just ignore those dreams. You know, it's all stupid dreams most of the time, you know. So, so this was very prophetic. This was very prophetic. I remembered everything so clearly. I woke up in the night. Uh, then I went back to sleep and again woke up. And again, God reminded me of the dream. The details were very, de very specific, right? Um, so, uh, I can I can share the link of the people uh, if anybody wanna any anybody wants to read that. I'm not going to go through the whole dream, but essentially, you know what? I need to read the whole dream. Yeah, just read fast. Let me read it fast. Okay. So listen to this, and don't judge it right now. Okay. Hear it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because I did send it to some of my believing, believing friends, asking them to judge it of what the Holy Spirit is telling. And everybody was, it all validated what the Holy Spirit was already telling this. Okay, by the way, just a quick thumb rule of judging prophecies, dreams, visions. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, prophecies, dreams, visions for believers have to encourage, uh, uh, exhort, and comfort. That's the principle, right? It's not like Old Testament prophecies and visions because now we are on this side of the cross. Christ has paid the price. We are redeemed from the curse. Amen? So prophecies, visions, dreams have to encourage, edify, and comfort. And it has to bear witness with you with what the Holy Spirit is already telling you. It's going to remember you. you because the Bible says you have the anointing already and you know all things. Paul said that. John said that. He used to tell the church, hey, we are not telling you anything new. You already know it because the Holy Spirit is telling you this. So this is amazing what Sushil saw and what, I, what the Lord showed me in a dream was so, it matches so much stuff. Now listen to this dream. I believe he, the reason he showed me is because he wants it to be shared with you, right? It's, it's not for me. It is not a private dream. I, there's nothing private in this. It is all completely for the church. So I'm going to read through this and just listen to this. On the night of April 2nd, 2020, I had a vivid prophetic dream about the times that we are living in. I saw myself standing at the top of a very high white circus tent in a baseball stadium. It was a very high. I was at a very high level. It's very interesting about the Psalms 91. We are at a very high place. 
right? But, but it, we are at a very high place. But it was a white tent, and I was at a very high level. In a, it, and it was a baseball stadium. The atmosphere seemed very tense with the sound of the crowds below. Suddenly, I was very afraid, realizing the great height at which I was located. I turned, and I saw that President Trump was standing next to me, and he was expected to take strike at the balls being pitched to him. I was very concerned that if he was able, if he, if he was able, able to strike the ball and the impact that it would have on us if he strikes and misses. I'm very concerned. I saw him, and, he, and I, this was what's going on. We could all fall because of the force of the swing. He, however, seemed very confident and did not show any fear. Suddenly, a man dressed in complete white came and stood next to both of us. It seemed to me that he came to watch the president strike the ball, and he was very confident of the outcome. Now, the stadium was full of people. I could not see them clearly. They all looked very small since we were all at such a great height. I could, however, see another stadium very next to this stadium, and the people there were very tall, and I could see them clearly. The Lord was impressing upon me that this was the spiritual world and what happened there is reflected on the earth. Very interesting. So now being scared of the height and not wanting to watch the president swing the bat, I closed my eyes. And that's very interesting because I've not been watching news for the last now three weeks. I don't watch any news. I don't watch any, I don't even default on Google. Uh, I just... Completely stop watching news. I don't watch even my portfolio on my stocks. I watch it maybe once a month or once every other week. I don't watch the stock indexes going up. I don't watch anything because, because the Lord told me, your soul is in turmoil because you are watching the waves going up and down. Stop watching the waves. Look at me and then you can walk over this water. And I've seen this, right? Um, so I have no news at all. And so this dream, and I closed my eyes in this dream. The man in white kept his eyes open and seemed very confident of the outcome and wanted to watch the president swing the ball. The president struck the ball two times. However, those strikes were not very great, as I sensed from the response of the people. He, however, had only one strike remaining. He then suddenly stopped before attempting the third strike and signaled something, and all the people started singing a patriotic song. Though my eyes were closed, I could see the red, white, and blue colors of the flag on the big screen. Then the president's great strike was great. The stadium erupted in cheers. It was done and finished. I suddenly became very concerned, saying that, how will we now get down from such a great height? Now, that's the COVID virus. I'm like, this thing is gone. It's taken care, but now how will the, what's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen? See what happened. The next moment, all three of us were down at the bottom of the spire without any effort. The Lord later reminded me, saying that the economy will supernaturally recover very quickly. I'm telling you, it's a prophet. God is telling that the economy will supernaturally recover very quickly, not slowly. It's going to happen quickly. The man dressed in white just left on a bicycle without saying a word. I was thinking, is he not going to congratulate the president? The impression the Lord later gave me was that he was an angel of God who was sent to affirm the president during this time. 
Daniel chapter 11 verse 1 because there that angel and that I believe that was the Lord Jesus standing he said I myself stood to affirm Darius. Darius was not even a, a Jewish king and God was affirming him. That means nobody could touch Darius. It's amazing. The Lord says that that man this was very interesting in the dream that guy stood there. I was closing my eyes that guy stood there and then he just left after he, he came down because he was like he already knew this can be done, you know, so it's almost like that. Now, when we came down, a man met me with a basket full of something that looked like gold slabs and some chemical bottles. <laughs> Very interesting. We're talking about the wealth transfer coming, right? Suddenly, a, a man meets us with gold at the bottom of the spire. He was trying to sell me the chemicals to me, saying that if I mix the chemicals with any metal, it will become gold. I took a bite of the gold in the basket and it did not taste real and convincing. My wife Melu who was with me said, no, we don't want that. That impression I got was that many people will come to you after this time and sell you deals, businesses and opportunities after this crisis. But we need to be very discerning and wise. Right? Because you're going to see a lot of f f false gold coming to you at this time. So be very careful. The, the Lord says, the believers will prosper and will be abundantly supplied and should not be concerned about using the world's ways. The Lord is telling that during this time, don't try to do what the world is trying to do. You, you will be supplied and the wealth, wealth is going to come to you. Amen? So this is going to happen. Now just before, I, before he starts, started walking away, President Trump turned and told me, now this is very interesting. He said, he turned and told me, eat food before the lights go off. Very interesting. They will not give you any food once the stadium lights are switched off. I looked for Milu and the children. They were already at the table where the food was being served. I told them the same thing. Eat food before the lights go off. The Lord is reminding us to eat the bread of Jesus and the good news of the gospel since the time is short. The rapture of the church is near. Eat food before the lights go off because you are thinking that this is the crisis. This is not the crisis. The stadium lights when they go off, that's the, the sign and it will go off suddenly. There will be no warning. The Lord is saying the rapture of the church is close. Eat food before the lights go off. I'm telling you that, that came out so strongly. I, met, I never got to meet, congratulate the president. I saw an office colleague of mine coming by and said that he had good contacts with the president and he could make me an introduction. I followed him to the first floor. However, the president was not there. I then went myself to the second floor and saw the president walking by. I strongly believe that I will meet this president in the second term in his office. You know, uh, very likely. I congratulated him, congratulated him about getting the job done and told him that if I had kept my eyes closed and did not see him strike the ball, he seemed very surprised and asked me, you did not see the strike? The Lord looked tired. The, sorry, the president looked tired. A lady who was sitting nearby called him to have food. The impression I got was a Christian woman minister was being used to encourage him spiritually. 
Then suddenly I found myself seeing a press conference. Two men were sitting there, one who looked like, I don't want to name the name, and one lady was seated at the table with their press cameras and uh, reporters thronging them. They all looked very happy as if expecting the president to have already failed. The president suddenly came and said one word and made all the faces go down and they looked distraught. The security personnel came and took both the men out. They were two major political leaders uh, at the table. The impression I got was there are leaders in the political arena who are not for the Lord's kingdom and will be removed quickly after this crisis. The, the lady who was at the table, she looked like a Christian minister. I struggled to see her there along with the other two men. As soon as the president spoke, she struggled to speak and could not bring any words to her mouth. The security personnel also took her out forcefully. The impression I got was during this time that false Christian leaders, listen to this, who align with the kingdom of darkness will be exposed and will also be removed from their places. Now, this is not, I, I don't get prophetic dreams. I don't get prophetic dreams. I, I, I got up in the morning, I walked up to Milu, I said, Milu, I need to tell you something. And she said, what? So she was like, you know, morning stuff, and like, she's thinking that I'm trying to say something. Then I told her the dream, and the lots, and the, her response is, you're getting old. Because the Bible says in the last days, young men shall see visions and old men shall see dreams. So it's like, okay. <laughs> That's what wives do to you, right? That's good. But, 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 but very important that two things that came out of it, right? One, this crisis will end suddenly. The recovery will happen very quickly not the long-drawn recovery that the world is thinking. It's going to happen quickly. So listen to what the law, prophet, God is saying to the church. Believe the prophets and you will prosper. Second Chronicles 2020. 2020 is the year that we are living in. And Second Chronicles 2020 says, believe the prophets and you will prosper. So God is going to create a way for you to prosper if you believe his word. And the other one was very clearly, eat food before the lights go out. I believe that, very interesting, the Jewish, there is a tradition among the Jewish rabbis, they said that before the second coming of the Lord, there will be a Passover like the first Passover. Very interesting. And it has never happened before. Before the second coming of the Lord, There'll be a Passover that will happen on the world that will be just like the first Passover. And Sushil, when Sushil texted me saying that, hey, did you know that this Passover, Good Friday, this year fell on the 10th of the month? My goodness, that's a sign. The Lord saying that the lamb that you celebrated. See, Good Friday, Passover is not known all over the world. But Good Friday is known all over the world. And it was on the 10th of the secular month which is exactly as God said, that it, this Passover was so unique. This, like this Passover, it's never happened, where everyone is in their house, in Israel, everywhere. And we were applying the blood of Jesus upon our doorpost, and the plague cannot come in. That is powerful. But the Lord says, this is going to happen before the second coming of Jesus, right? So 
the world has a very short time brothers and sisters very short time the lot of things the antichrist kingdom is getting set up the mark of the beast the uh, verification of identity is going to is going to happen very dramatically all over the world but before this the church is going to be raptured out quickly we don't have too much time but it's going to happen but it is exciting right but before this what happened is the transfer of wealth just like in passover the transfer of wealth is going to happen isn't it interesting because of what's happened now if you look at sushil's dream sushil talks about that uh his dream where the president trump gives him how many three gift cards of 55 dollars each yes suddenly after this crisis and exactly what happened there was a news that came out that the stimulus checks has now president trump's name written on it for the first time ever see i mean and he just texted me and said anil the dream is coming through exactly like i mentioned right we have couple of companies that we have invested in all these companies have received money from the government not to be paid back stimulus checks huge money paying off our debts money flowing in like my 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 workplace my boss calls me and said anil we got a huge amount of money that we applied for and the company doesn't even need the money and so they are like make sure you don't lay off anybody okay <laughs> we have money right now you know and and they don't have to repay this for two years and if they spend it on their payroll they don't even need to even pay it back so there is money is being transferred out to there's a transfer that is happening and you, this is exactly like the first passover and god is saying get ready for a major increase that is going to happen on the church and y'all to be ready the ministries are going to grow but where how do ministries grow they are going to also need lot of funds and the funds are going to come in supernaturally it's going to be all supernatural but just wanted to let you know because i believe that this thing is revealed for the church and so go ahead and receive it uh, believe it uh, let let the holy spirit uh, confirm it to you and start participating in the reception right participate in the reception and start seeing the increase while we know that the time is short the things are going to happen and the bible says the the rapture of the church it's going to come like a trap upon the whole world that jimmy evans message i had sent to quite a lot of people is very true what he said it's going to come like a trap you don't have see you don't have time to prepare for traps you got it that's very huge uh, you for other things you you have time but traps you don't have time you just fall into a trap the coming of jesus is like a trap it's going to happen you don't have time it there won't be signs you know it's going to happen but when the church is taken out you don't have time to eat food you will want to eat food but there is no food you got it the ch- the gospel of jesus is the bread for this world if you don't receive the G- jesus during this time and you you're all believers but i'm saying is to your friends encourage them share the gospel to them because this is the free bread they don't have to qualify it is given freely 
But if they don't eat it during this time, the lights are going to go out. There'll be no food ever going to be served. And that was very powerful. Eat food before the lights go off. So we, are going, we have an opportunity in front of this world before the lights are turned off. But I want you to be encouraged. Believe that you are in the house and you are well supplied. But also you are going to start receiving great prosperity this year. This year will be a sign of great prosperity. Debts being cancelled off. Things that you thought you could never purchase, you'll be able to purchase. And it'll all happen supernaturally. On the night of Passover, the Israelites had to go and knock on the doors of their neighbors. Thank God for neighbors. <laughs> but the problem was, they had to go and ask the neighbors and they could ask for gold, silver and clothes. And the neighbors gave it to them because they just wanted the guys to get out of their place. <laughs> and God is going to make you ask and make you a professional asker during this time. So your position in the places, neighbor means in your jobs, in your careers, in your surrounding places of influence, God is going to use you to bless you during this time. So it's going to definitely happen. So that is good. If anybody has any thoughts or anything to share, definitely let us know. But I would like to quickly go into a little bit of the Word of God today. I want you to, if, if you have the Bibles, if you can pick up your Bibles. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 onwards. If everyone has got that, that'll be great. Uh, there's something very powerful. If you get the understanding of this word. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and the angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that, drag, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ has come, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. So, when you read this passage, you're thinking that this is a future event, correct? That's what a lot of people think. It's a future event that's going to happen sometime down the line. Did you know that this event has already happened? Yes, on the cross. On the cross. See, what happened was when Jesus paid the price, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, which is Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought. See, remember, Satan had access to God. How do we know that? You know the book of Job, where Satan goes before God, and, and God asked him, where, ha where have you been going out and where have you been coming in? And Satan said, I have been roaming the whole world. And he says, have you considered my servant Job? 
See, Satan had access to God because he's in the heavenlies. What is he doing in heaven? Anybody? Complaining. Or accusing. So he's going to accuse. He has access to God's place, throne, to accuse, uh, accuse man against what? What is he accusing man uh, with? The law, saying that he, they are breaking the law. See, because God is the lawgiver and God is therefore the judge. So he is going before God and saying that, hey, that guy is breaking the law. Put the curse on him. And what are the curse? Sickness, disease, death, poverty, depression. That's curse. Remember the, the curses of Deuteronomy chapter 28 is the power of Satan. Let me repeat this once again. The curses of Deuteronomy 28 is the power of Satan. Without that chapter, Satan has no weapons. You got it? That's the power. So once, if, can you believe if God declares you completely righteous, then the curses of Deuteronomy 28 cannot be used against you. Guess what? Satan has no weapons. See, because Satan does not have any new weapons. That is why in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 55, right? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 54, sorry. Uh, look, at, look at verse 15. In righteousness you shall be established. You will be far from oppression for you shall not fear and from terror it shall not come near you. Look at verse 15. Indeed they shall surely assemble. What will assemble? Oppression, fear, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. I am not sending this stuff to. They will assemble, but it, it, it is not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Look at verse 16. I have created the blacksmith. See, God is the one who creates the angels who execute judgment. He's the one. It is his, his idea. Because he wants to execute judgment on anybody who breaks the law. He created Satan as an upholder of his justice. So he was the one with the flaming sword. His job was to execute judgment everywhere. He, he, that's what, that was his role because remember he was a covering cherub. Remember that word says? Covering cherub means the one who is a protector of God's holiness. That means no one with sin can enter and look upon God. Because he will execute judgment on them. Because he is a protector of that. You got it? So he is a covering cherub. His job is to execute judgment. But he can only execute judgment with the curses of the law. That's what we need to understand. So what he says is, Behold, I created the blacksmith who blows the coal in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for the work. And I created the spoiler to destroy. It's very interesting. God created the spoiler to destroy. We don't have to sugarcoat that verse. That's God. He created it. But he says, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. See, he's talking about judgment. Before Satan can hurt you with sickness, disease, poverty, anything, he has to 
judge you. See, he cannot bring his curses without judging you. Like, the cops cannot put you into prison without the judge declaring that you are guilty. Make sense? The cops have the weapons. Who created the cops? The state. Who created the weapons? The state. Who instituted the cops with the weapons? The state. But they don't have any power against the righteous. They only have power once judgment is passed. You, you get the point? So, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. No, what is your responsibility to judgment that Satan is trying to put on you? Condemn that judgment. You condemn that judgment. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you condemn judgments? You speak it. You speak. See, words have to be spoken. You have to get this truth. See, when judgment, that is why when words come through the media, through the news, with stuff, those are words of what? Judgment. Judgment. Like, oh, this is going to crash. Oh, your job is going to go. You're, you're going to suffer lack. You're going to have fear coming in. What are those words? Those are words of Deuteronomy chapter 28, the curses. Even the sickness and disease that was not mentioned in that book is covered. COVID-19 is covered in that book. It's interesting that COVID-19 spelt reverse is 91. <laughs> so Psalms 91 destroys all viruses, right? So it's hidden in that, that, hey, you can be delivered by knowing Psalms 91 in that. But bottom line, but interesting. But web, no weapon. So this, you have to condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Look at the word, next verse. What does it say? And their righteousness is from me. Let me ask you a question. Why should you not be judged during this time? Why should you be made separate? Why should you prosper? Why should you be healed during this time? Because somebody was already judged. That is true, but what does it say? Why is this a right of the servants of the Lord? Their, their righteousness is from the Lord. That means they are standing not in their good works. Now I'm telling you this is very huge. This is so huge. People who try to avoid God's judgment by being good people are going to be, are going to be completely deceived. You cannot be good enough to escape the judgment of God. You'll say, but Anil, I have been a good guy. I've lived a good life. I've tried to keep all the laws. Let me ask you a question. When a cop catches you on the road, when you, you break a red light, and if he, and he comes to your, uh, your window, you pull down the windows down, and he tells you, show me a license. And you ask him why. He said, you... You ran a red light. So now you're judged. And if you tell them, cop, I have always been faithful to my wife. <laughs> you have to give me a pass. Let me ask you a question. Is it true that you have been faithful to your wife? Yes. But does it absolve you the fact that you should not be given a ticket? 
No, because it doesn't matter how many laws you keep. You just have to break how many to be declared lawless? Come on, everybody raise their finger. How many? Just one. You just have to break one. And the moment you break one, you become what? Judge. No. Guilty of all. Guilty of all. You become lawless. Means you are put in the same prison. Did you know that when they send white-collared criminals to, to prison, they don't have a separate section for white-collared crime? <laughs> the guy next to you would be a pedophile. The guy next to you could be a murderer. They don't, they don't say, oh, that guy is a good criminal. This guy is a bad criminal. No, they just put the whole bang, gang into the whole thing. Only matters is how long you stay there. You got it? You are considered lawless. That is why this is so powerful. The Holy Spirit today told me, you know, remember one of the criminals on the cross said a word to Jesus and the, the, uh, the Bible records it as blasphemy. But when the rulers said, if you are the Messiah, you, why don't you save yourself? It doesn't record that as blasphemy. But what this criminal said was recorded as blasphemy. Do you know what this criminal said to Jesus? Anybody? Remember, remember me when you go into the... No, 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 not the blasphemy. That is not blasphemy. You remember what the other... Remember me, not blasphemy. No, no, I'm talking about blasphemy. Why don't you curse God and die? No. That is, that is Job's wife, Jyotsna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, if you, are, uh, if you are really the son of God, if you claim to be who you are, why don't you get down and help us? No, yeah, you're very close. Can somebody read that? He said, this man is a righteous man. No, no, I'm talking about the guy who God, the Holy Spirit records that he said blasphemy. Oh, okay. Can you read that? I'll tell you how... Yeah. What does it say? Do you know that? Uh, go to Luke, Luke chapter, Luke chapter, okay, Luke chapter 23, do you get that? I want you to see this, how the Holy Spirit is so accurate. 39, Luke chapter 23, verse 39. Then one of the criminals who, were, who was hanged blasphemed him. Do you see the word blasphemed him? Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Okay. Yes. Saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Why is that blasphemy? Because he's accusing God? No. Marsha. Marsha. No, but that is not. But all the others also said the same thing. But that was not recorded as blasphemy. If you look at the uh, just couple of verses before in verse 35, he said, Even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the Son of God. That's not treated as blasphemy. But here is treated as blasphemy. Marsha? 
Uh, okay, look look at this verse carefully. I want you. Is that because uh, it's inferring that um, he is he is a sinner? Correct. Did you see that? Look at the verse. If you are the Christ, serve yourself and us. He's putting Jesus in the same category as as he. And look at what the other criminal said. But the other answering rebuked them, saying. Do you not even fear God since you are under the same condemnation? Indeed, we justly for our, we received the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. See, the other criminal got it. It's very deceiving. Just the word, save yourself and us. The Holy Spirit is so careful to point out that when, it's like saying, hey guys, uh, if you are the Christ, why don't you save all of us murderers? Means what? We are all murderers, correct? Hey, you are a murderer, I am a murderer, why don't you save all of us, including you? Means we are all murderers. He did, the Holy Spirit didn't want to be identified as a criminal. Very, very important. See, Jesus, when he died, he did not die being a criminal. He did not die being a criminal. He was perfect. So when he took your sickness, when he, sorry, when he took your guilt and when he took your lawlessness, he took it completely because he, he, he did not have anything in him that he deserved this punishment. Very important. When we became lawless, when we became lawless, we became completely lawless. Jesus was completely righteous till the point of death. And that is very important. That's very, very important. So their righteousness is from me. So let me go back to this. Let's go back to uh, Revelation. Show you something very powerful. Revelation chapter 12. Go back again. Remember the sa Satan and his, uh, uh, they were all cast to the earth and his angels were cast out and a loud voice was saying in heaven, now salvation, when? Now. When on the cross, when Jesus died, Satan was cast down from heaven, from the heavenly places. And says, now salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So Satan has been cast down. So let me ask you a question. The fact that Satan has cast down means what to you? What does he not have right now that he had before? Access to God. Access to God to do what? To accuse. To accuse. You got it? See, Satan does not have a place in the heaven to accuse you. Guys, listen to this. Satan does not have a place to go before God to accuse you. Did you get it? If you show up in court and the accuser does not show up in court, what happens to you? <laughs> there is no case. It has nothing to do with the fact of what, what crime. Sorry, am I shouting? Okay. <laughs> 
So you can always load on the volume. See, this is what advantage of Zoom, right? You can just shut me down, man. <laughs> shut the volume down. Okay. What I'm saying, if you don't have access, you don't show up in the court before the judge, you are acquitted. You, you, judgment cannot fall on you. He has no access. He is screaming on the earth. But that has no value. <laughs> it's like, for example, there's no point of accusing you in the lawyer's office. When is the accusation important? In the court. In the court. At what time? Uh, at the wanted time. How many of you have been in jury duty? Nobody. Only Thompson. Thompson, Suja has been, okay. Y'all unfaithful citizens who don't show up for jury duty. Okay. The former. Former. They don't want to pick me. They don't want to pick you. Yeah, obviously. Look at look at your face, right? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. But bottom line, if you don't show up at the right time, you are being thrown out. The case is thrown out. It's important that the accuser shows up. See, Satan who accuses you has lost his place before the father. And that's very important. Now, if he has lost his place, he cannot accuse you. And if he cannot accuse you, what you can do? Look at the next verse. Verse 11. And I want you to underline verse 11. I'm pretty sure in your Bibles, it is underlined. This is how believers in the world overcome. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not allow their lives to the death. That means they were not afraid of death anymore. Why? Why are they not afraid of death? It's been defeated. Eternal life. You got eternal life. You can never die. You can never die. You, you just don't die. You'll say, but Anil, what happens when I close my eyes? You open your eyes to Jesus. So you never die. I think there's an echo. So, so you can mute it. Uh, I think somebody is echoing, but that's fine. So you never die. So that's the advantage. So, but very important. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. What does the blood of the lamb mean? Blood of the lamb means when Satan comes with judgment against you, you have to declare that the lamb has died. That's what the blood of the lamb means. Means you're saying, guys, COVID cannot come into my house. Sickness cannot come into this house because the lamb has died. Blood of the lamb. So the lamb has died. That means somebody has died. So you say, but uh, you need to be judged. You're a lawless guy. Yes, I have been judged. The lamb has been judged in my place. He has been judged. You have to get this in your spirit that Alkesh, you have, you have already been judged for all your iniquities. It's done. Navid, every mistake that you did has already been judged on Jesus. Now, whether you believe it or not is irrelevant, but it has already been judged. It's like somebody gives you a loaded gift card. Now, whether you use it or not, from, from the supplier's side, what's happened? What have you given? No, they treat it as if, you know what, the, the guy, the, when you buy a gift card from Target, 
what the accountants at Target, you know what they do? They declare it that you've already purchased the good on their books. They treat it as revenue. <laughs> they treat it. Now, if you don't take the goods, all that you purchased of the value of the gift card is what to Target? Profit. <laughs> it's total profit to them. You see, whether you believe what Jesus did for you is, is true or not. The fact that he did it. See, if you don't use it, it is completely wasted. That gift card is completely wasted. It's completely wasted. It is already loaded for you. You see, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So when Satan comes and says, there is some unfinished business, Sudha, in your life that I have to judge, you have to say what? It is judged. It's already judged. John, if, if uh, uh, the enemy comes and says, but you have to suffer through this time just like everybody else, what will you say? It's already finished. It's already passed. Yeah, no, or you'd be more accurate saying that, yes, I already suffered. See, when Jesus died, you died. When Jesus suffered, you suffered. When Jesus was raised up, you were raised up. Remember, he is not, he did not do any one of those for his own sake. That is why that word is blasphemy there. He identified as the complete and perfect substitute. Make sense? So you when if Satan comes and deceives you, saying that no, you have to stock up on toilet paper, you're like. Why should I stock up on toilet paper? Right, why? Because that judgment is not on me. I have already received, I already suffered every lack on the cross. Let me ask you a question. Where on the cross does the lack of toilet paper appear? Anybody? When Jesus became completely naked for you on the cross and they, they gambled for his clothes, he became so poor that he did not even have even the undergarments on his body because he became completely poor. That means every need will be supplied. Every need, even the smallest need will be supplied because he became completely naked. You got it? There is... There is Everything has been substituted. He became so poor. That means you can be completely supplied. It is not like, okay, there is some need that you need to take care. Oh, I, you know what? I took care of all your needs. Oops, I forgot about toilet paper. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not like, oh, I can take care of all your needs, but you no paper towels. He doesn't, he doesn't work that way. He is like, oh. When he supplies, he supplies completely. How much oxygen do you need to uh, breathe on the earth for your lifetime? Everybody's on mute. I cannot hear you. <laughs> okay. uh, how, a lot. A lot. Okay, JR, come on. Medically, how much oxygen can a man breathe throughout his lifetime? We, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, I'm sure that you can calculate. Unlimited. Huh? Unlimited. Uh, no, from... How, many, how, much, how much oxygen does a man need for his lifetime? Not unlimited. There's a limited amount of quantity for his lifetime, right? But how much oxygen is in the earth? More than enough. Whether you, whether you breathe all the oxygen or not, it's going to be there because God's an abundant supply. Why do you never consider, worry about stocking up on oxygen? Ever thought about it? 
Why do you never stock, think about stocking up on water? What do you always stock up on? <laughs> there is trouble in the household of... <laughs> I can't say household of faith. <laughs> but what do you stock up on, typically? The things that you think will run out. Yes, the things that you think will run out. The things that are not that you think is abundant. You got it? Your soul always lives on abundance. In any area of your life, if there is lack, your soul is going to be focused on trying to meet that supply. Very important. Your soul always delights in abundance. Therefore, God supplies you in a place of abundance. Because he knows that if he creates even a small lack in one area, what are you going to do, Thompson? You're going to focus on that. You're going to focus on that. See, of all the things that people were trying to focus on during this crisis, they were focused on one thing. What was that? JR, the cue for you. <laughs> toilet paper. See, because that in one area, there was a perception that there is going to be a lack. So your, your body, you will stand in line at Kruger for three hours just because to get your quota of toilet paper. You got it? Because you're, you're designed to live in abundance. You are not designed to ever be worried about any one thing. That's why Jesus says, look at the lilies of the valley. They are here today and gone tomorrow. Yet your heavenly father clothes them. Man, you know, we, we recently planted tulips uh, in fall. And we had this beautiful tulips that came. Now, this is during this crisis, so nobody could see it, right? But it's beautiful, red, uniform color. They all come out at the same time, same height, same freshness. They were all lined up on our uh, house in the front of our house. Such a beautiful sight. And I was like, how long is this tulips going to last? Couple months. No, one week. Yeah. Just, they just come for one week and they die. Just one week. And I'm like, Lord, what a waste. <laughs> Nobody to see it. But that's what God does. God is abundant in supply. He doesn't care whether you utilize it. But he supplied abundance. See, remember, we are part of, we are made in his image. Correct? We are made. So remember, when he supplies redemption, when he supplies your covering for your sin, how much, how much of sin is covered for you? All of it. And? More. And? More. And? More. Do you, do you remember the story about what Jesus said about the father who had two sons? When the younger son came to the father and said, divide to me, is in a, to my inheritance, the father divided to who all is inheritance? That's a trick question. The son. Who, who all got his inheritance? Both the sons. Both the sons. Did you know that both the sons got a deal that day? <laughs> I mean, like, the elder son got the same inheritance like the younger son. He got a deal. He didn't ask for it. But he got the inheritance. He divided his inheritance to both the sons, correct? So this one son goes and wastes his whole inheritance. 
right? And then we know the story, he comes back. Now, does he have any of this inheritance? Yes or no? No. No. So what does the father do to him? Gives him more. Gives him more. He gives him again the inheritance. Why? How come? How come the father still has stuff to give? Unlimited. It's unlimited in his house. See, in the father's house is supply. See, the problem is he took whose supply and went out? His portion. No, but whose su the father's supply. Did the father's supply last for him for some time? Yes or no? Yes. He did. Yes. Correct. So when it ran out, what did he do? Come back for more. <laughs> Come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm only a father in heaven. Very, you can, if my son does that to me, <laughs> I would need an account. What did you do? I'm not going to make the same mistake again that you wasted. No, not this father. This father is like, oh, you ran out of? Okay, let me give you some more. Give some more. Because in the father's house, there is supply. You try to live with the father's supply outside the father's house, what's going to happen? It will run out. For the time being, it will look enough. But it will run out. Which is the best place to be? I like it. Because what is there in the father's house? No. Toilet paper. <laughs> I'm telling you, because that's what bothers you, right? And during this time, because in my father's house, there is toilet paper. In my father's house, there is everything that I need. I don't have to even worry about it because my father is fully supplied. But if you take the father's supply and go out, what are you very cognizant of every day you live? Running out. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Running. Do you want to live in a life where you're constantly conscious or focused on mm -hmm. running out? Mm -hmm. That means, what is that a sign? Fear. You're out of father's house. You are not. You are not. You are not in the father's house. Right. So don't. But, but the fact is, what did we study in Psalms 91? You are in the secret place of the Most High God. Amen? You are in the house. In fact, in the New Covenant, there is one big advantage. You cannot even leave. <laughs> you are stuck. You are stuck. The Bible says, Jesus says to the church in Philadelphia, I will make you a pillar in my house. Let me ask you a question. How many pillars leave houses? You might go in and out. What happened to the pillar in your house? It stays there. <laughs> it stays there. Pillars don't leave houses. God says, I will make you a pillar. Some pillars look more evident like others, right? Like George, pillar looks really George. <laughs> hey, we don't know. You don't have your video camera, so we can pull on you, right? We don't pull on you. <laughs> you said that, right? But but my thing is, you are in the house. You will never leave house. But guess what? Because you are in the house, you are fully supplied. This is what he says. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And their, what is the word of the testimony? You declare with your mouth 
you declare with your mouth. Remember that word in Isaiah chapter 54? Every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, who shall condemn? You shall condemn. You have to condemn. See, the only two things that you can use, that you can use to overcome Satan in this world and his uh, judgments in you are what? Two things. One. Blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. The fact that Jesus has paid the price and he has already suffered. The Lamb has died. That truth, you need to know it. Right? Second. The word of testimony. That means you testify. You say to Satan. When he comes, say, no. My righteousness is from Jesus. I am perfect. You cannot put it on me. You have to speak it out. Amen? Amen? Speak words. Speak words. Speak words. Okay. I want you to go to and look at verse 12. Are you still in Revelation chapter 12? Okay, and let's read Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Remember this verse. This is very powerful. 12, 12, 12, 12. You'll not forget it. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Who dwells in heavens? We. We. You see, rejoice. You can rejoice because you cannot be touched by Satan. Because what is, the, what is the advantage that you have that Satan does not have at this point of time? Access to heaven. Access to God. Access to God. Rather, you are in heaven. Where is he? On earth. He's on earth. He's so far above, he does not have access to you. You got it? So what is Satan trying to do? He cannot access you. So what is he trying to do? Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Are you an inhabitant of the earth? No. no. See, that's the truth. You should know it. Though you are you are in though you are in the earth, you are not an inhabitant of the earth. Who are who are you inhabitant of? Jesus. Inhabitant means tabernacled. Who do you who where are, where do you live? Where are you located right now? Where is the secret place? In Jesus. In Jesus. Inside Jesus. I want you to repeat after me. I am inside Jesus. So if Jesus is sitting, what are you doing? If Jesus is standing, what are you doing? When Jesus comes, what's going to happen? We come with him. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said we we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. See, that's why you know the rapture is the Lord coming with his saints. Did you read the word? With his saints, because you are coming with him. How can you go? You are here. You are not here. I'm saying, but I am in Carrollton, I am in Louisville, I am in Denton. I'm sorry. You are not here. You are there. Your spirit is with Jesus. You are inside Jesus. Father cannot even see you apart from being in Jesus. So you are inside Jesus. So he says, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Let me say you, let me declare today. Rejoice, you small group, life team members dwelling in heaven. Rejoice, you heaven dwellers. Satan cannot touch you. Satan cannot touch you. 
but woe to the inhabitants of the earth. For Satan has come down to you having great wrath. Let me ask you a question. When you see Satan has great wrath like you see right now, what is that a sign? That his time is short. Time is short. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anytime Satan tries to uh, intimidate you with great anger, you should start laughing because that's a sign that he's running out of time. It's like, when, it's like a, a video game. When you're running out of time, you make all stupid mistakes. Right? You're trying to somehow do something and, and the first death, second death, third death is very quick because you're running out of time. When Satan is angry against you, you're like, oh my goodness, you're really running out of time? Are you running out of time that you're so angry? You mock him because he is running out of time. And that's why in the dream that I, when I shared with you, I'm saying, what is it? Eat food because the lights are gonna go out, right? Because he's running out of time. He's going to now try to put his best weapons at this point of time. See, these are his best weapons. These are his best weapons. He doesn't have any more. Remember, this is from the curse of Deuteronomy chapter 28. It is the, the pestilence that walks in darkness, right? This is the pestilence. And he, he does not, because what does it say? Uh, verse 15, so serpent spewed water out of the mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened his mouth and swallowed up the flood that was that the dragon has put. When, the, when Satan tries to judge, he cannot attack the church specifically. He can only put a big flood and hope you get swept away along with the rest of the gag. But what does the earth do for the church? It swallows it up, the flood. Because remember, when, when, when uh, Cain, Cain killed Abel, what did God say to Cain? The blood of your brother cries out from the, from the earth. Right? And it's calling for judgment. But when the blood of Jesus from the cross fell on the earth, it is now crying out for what? For mercy for forgiveness, for deliverance. So right now the earth will not cooperate with Satan against the church. Listen to this. The earth will not cooperate with Satan against the church because you are what? In Christ. You are in Christ and you are a heaven dweller and your judgments have already been paid. And earth cannot condemn you because the lamb's blood has been received by the earth. You got it? The lamb's blood has been received by the earth. Therefore, the earth cannot spew out viruses against you. The earth cannot spew out poverty against you. The earth cannot spew out evil against you. Everything evil comes from the earth. But earth cannot spew out these judgments against you. Remember what did God say? Earth will no, no longer produce its fruit for you, Cain. Even though you till it, it will not produce fruit for you. That means even with technology, even with great understanding, even when you work, you will never reap the benefits of what you work. Why? It's been cursed. It's been cursed. But cursed for whom? The world. For the world, because their price has not been received. They are, they are walking with gift cards and not encashing it. You got the thing? That's the power. 
That's the power of these two things. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony and they did not love their lives to their death. Okay? I want you to go back to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And we'll read uh, three verses. We'll make this one point and then we will close. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5 verses 18, 19, 20. Did you all get it? Yes. Okay. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Wow. How is that even possible? Whoever is born of God does not sin. That means when you are born of God, that means when you accept Jesus as your savior, God declares you what? Righteous. Righteous. But he says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Let me ask you a question. Do you sin? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so what, is, what, is, what is this saying? So are you saying that you are not born of God? I am. Then what is it saying here? Whoever is born of God does not sin. It's not recorded. It's not recorded. It is not recorded because the Lamb's blood has covered it. It's, it's not recorded. He who is born of God does not sin. But he who is born of God, the word keeps himself is wrongly translated. It said is kept. That means he's protected. And the wicked one, let me ask you a question. Why can, why can the wicked one not touch a man born of God? God is guarding him. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. More importantly, remember, because you are, you are not a sinner. See, you are righteous. Because, see, Satan can only touch you with the weapons of the curse. Amen. When you are righteous, he cannot bring the curses on you. When you say that I am a sinner, you are saying what? You are, you are being a liar because you are in Christ Jesus. And if you say you are a sinner, that means what does that make Jesus? A sinner. A sinner. Because you are a, you are a, you are a sinner and you are in Jesus. And then that makes Jesus a sinner. But what does... The Bible says, Jesus' blood cleanses you for how, from how much, righteousness, how much unrighteousness? All, all unrighteousness. So when you are in Jesus, even when you make a mistake, even when you break the law, even whatever you do, God doesn't record it. It washes you clean. But that doesn't make you want to break the law because you are in Jesus, because he lives in you. Make sense? And the wicked one does not touch him. I want to focus on this word. The wicked one does not touch him. Does not touch him. And look at verse 19. And there are three we knows in this chapter, in this passage. We know that we, what is the first we know that we know in this? We are of God. No, let's read it very carefully. We know. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Let me read this carefully. Now, listen to this very carefully. We know, we know, first, uh, 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 first John chapter 5, verse 18. Let's read it in, 
in whichever translation, read it very carefully because I want you to get this understanding because you need to know this. Say, I need to know this. I need to know this. Know what? Let's read it. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Say, does not sin. Does not Guys, I'm going to come very close. I'm not going to loud, but this is very important for you to know. We know or I know that I do not sin. Say that. I know do not sin. Do you know this? Yeah. Now do you know this? Because the moment you say that I am righteous in the righteousness of Jesus, that you are not a sinner, what that what what suddenly happens to the wicked one's power? He cannot touch you. See, the moment you acknowledge that you are a sinner, what happens? He can touch you. He can touch you because he can bring what against you? The curses of the law against you. We know that whoever, you have to be born of God. If you are not born of God, you cannot say this because you are a liar. Correct? But if you are born of God, you are in Jesus. His righteousness is to you, given to you as a gift. You didn't have to earn it. It was given to you as a gift. Can you believe Jesus gave his righteousness to you as a gift? Wow. You didn't have to earn it. And he says, now when you have given a gift, if somebody gives you a gift card, like Joa, I'm going to, you have to turn your speaker on. I'm going to talk to you. Joa, if somebody gives you a gift card of a million dollars, and then somebody comes to your house and says, Joa, are you a millionaire? Yeah. You, that's your reply. Why? Because I have a million dollars. No. Because you have a gift card of a million dollars. Correct? <laughs> yeah. You're very specific. Because you have a gift card of a million dollars. So you... Because... But... but <laughs> do, <laughs> hey, if she says amen, she'll get it. Right? Amen. 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 See, everything is a gift. You receive it. Right? You receive it. Right? So my question is, did you earn that million dollars, Joa? No, because it was a gift. It was a gift. That is the same way your righteousness works. When you say, we know that we do not sin, he's saying that we know that we are righteous in Christ Jesus. Do you know this? See, if you don't know this, you will not do what? John? No. No you will not condemn the tongue that rises up against you in judgment. Let me repeat. If you do not know that you are not a sinner, you will not have the authority to rise, condemn the tongue that rises against you in judgment. You will not speak. You got it? Because at the back of your mind, there is still unfinished business. Do you got it? Do you know that these three vinos are very important to stand against the enemy? The most important is this first vino. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. I, you all have to get this in your spirit. You'll say, but Anil, this is being, I, I, that is not being true. I, I am a sinner. Joa, do you have the gift card still? Are you a millionaire still? Huh? Yes. Are you a millionaire still? Yes. 
Yes, through the gift card. Yes. Yeah, but, but look at it. I don't care, man. I don't care, Joa. Are you a millionaire? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> virtual millionaire. <laughs> but I'm saying, how long will you stay a millionaire, Joa? Um, until I have the gift card. Unless I say we have the gift card. See, when you are in Christ Jesus, how long will you stay righteous? Until you're in Jesus. So when are you going to get out of Jesus? Jesus. I'm so sorry. Your independence-minded guys, y'all don't have a life outside of Christ now. <laughs> y'all are stuck with him forever. But it's a good stuck. See, I'm a good stuck. Good stuck. Good stuck. I mean, just like the younger son, he wanted independence with the father's resources. The father's resources carried him for a certain amount of time. Then he realized what? It is good to be stuck with the? Say, it's good to be stuck with the father. Because my father is rich. And he has no lack. No of toilet paper. <laughs> so I'm, trying, I'm just trying to make a point because that's what people are worried about. Because you see, it's good, but you will never stay in the house unless you don't think that you are you're a sinner. If you cannot stay in the father's house because you are always a son, you're not a servant. Amen? Amen? Do you believe it? So the first we know is that he whoever is born of God does not sin. First, second, verse 19. We know that we are of God. Wow. What is the second we know that we know? That we are of God. That means we are not of? The world. The world. Hold on. That talks about what? The control of the evil world. Location. We are not in the world. We are in God. We are not under the world's control. We are under whose control? God's control. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So we are you under the sway? No. No. That means when you are, is the virus around you? Yes. But is it in your house? No. Is there poverty around you? Yes. But is it in your house? No. Do you have, is there jobs outside? No. Is there lack? But is there jobs in your house? Yes. 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 Is there supply in your house? Yes. Because you are not under the world's control of the evil one. See, remember, he controls the world. But you are not under his control. But do you know this? But because if you don't know it, your actions and the actions of the one who is in the world cannot be differentiated. Make sense? So when the world is sad and the world panics and if you are sad and if you panic, there is no difference because you are thinking that they control you. Let me ask you a question. Is my wife worried about me or about my neighbor's husband? (laughs) You. You. She She does not care about my neighbor's husband. You got it? Even though the neighbor is a neighbor. But it has no effect on her. Because who controls her? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I hope I get my dinner today. (laughs) 
That's called delusional control. You get stuck in the house, remember? <laughs> <laughs> we are under somebody's control out here. But that's how it is. Because I know whose control I am in, right? <laughs> that's one thing I do know, right? I do know. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now let's look at the verse 20. And we know. That's the third we know. We know the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding and that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him. What do we know right now? We are in Him. Means what? Location. Where are you located? In Jesus. In Jesus. In Jesus. See, do you know that you are in Him, Jesus? See, the first we know is that we are... We do not sin. We are... We are of God. No, what is the we know in that? We know that we do not sin. That's the we know. You do not sin. That's the first we know. Second, we know that we are of God. We are not under the control of Satan. Correct? Second we know. Third we know. The most powerful we know is what? We are, in, we are in Jesus. We are inside Jesus. We are inside Jesus. So if Jesus is true, who is true? We are true. We are true. And who has come and given us this understanding? Who has told you that you are in Jesus? The son. son of God. See, Jesus, look at what he says. Jesus, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us this understanding. So it is not Anil telling you that you are without sin. It's not Anil telling you that you are not under the control of Satan. It is not Anil telling you that you are in a different location than the earth is. Who is telling you this? So Son of God has come, has given you this understanding. What? That we are in Him, who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. The location is specified for the first time. Where are we? We are in God or are we are in Jesus? We are in Jesus. We are in Jesus. Where is Jesus? In God. In God. Therefore, we are in? God. See, we are not in the Father and Jesus is in the Father. You got it? Because if that is an understanding, that's a faulty understanding. Because what happens when Jesus is perfect, but you make mistakes? What happens to you? Because then you get thrown out. Because sin cannot reside in God. Correct? But Jesus is an obedient elder son. Have you ever had an elder son who is perfect and you always messed up? So you always happen to be... Outside the house, but the elder son or is always perfect inside the house. That's a classic case. See, your obedience determines your location. Correct? But God had a foolproof method. What he did was, he put you, listen to this, he, he put you in the obedient elder son. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when you are disobedient, what happens? He's still obedient. He is still obedient, so he is still in the house. What a, what a method, what a strategy. Like, because if he had put you in the house with God because you are righteous, and he had put Jesus in the house because Jesus is righteous, the moment you commit a sin, you are out. But Jesus, God knew this. So he put you, when you are born again, 
as this new creature, like for example, uh, do you think the butterfly and a caterpillar are the same creation? Yes or no? Yes. How many of you think butterfly and caterpillar are two different creations? They think they are different. So really, they look as if they are the same method, but they are totally different, correct? Like one was a worm, one eats different, one drinks something different, one looks different, one walks different, one, their locomotion is different, everything is different. But they came, but it appears as if the caterpillar came out of the, sorry, the butterfly came out of the caterpillar. But really, that is not the truth. If you do a Google on YouTube on what happened inside the cocoon shell, you'll be amazed. What happens is the, the, uh, the caterpillar makes this cocoon and he starts secreting enzymes. And what does these enzymes do? It dissolves, it completely dissolves the caterpillar, completely, completely dissolves. And out of this soup comes out a totally new creation. That's what a believer is. You are a caterpillar without Jesus Christ. But when you accepted Jesus, God metamorphized you completely into a butterfly. Did you know, and I shared this in the live team sometime back, unlike caterpillars, butterflies are born perfect. They don't grow. Amen. You know, the butterfly's wings never grow longer than when it was born with. Its size never grows bigger than it was born with because it's born what? Perfect. But a caterpillar, what's I? Even the monarch butterflies, those big butterflies? Yes, everything. They're all born perfect. They're born perfect. You got it? You look at the videos, you say they, all they do is they stretch out their wings as they, what, the, the, it's amazing. This is an amazing parallel to a believer. When a butterfly comes out of the cocoon, remember it was a caterpillar before? It starts walking up on a branch and goes to where the sunlight is most and spreads out its wings to the sun. And that is how its wings expand. It walks up on a twig and goes towards the sun. Who tells this cat butterfly to do that? Because it is born with that instruction. It is not born with the instruction of, we need to take now two months of flying lessons. <laughs> You're born a flyer. You're born with beautiful wings. You're born. All you have to do is just stretch it out. You got it? How do you stretch it out? You have to face the sun. S-O-N. That's the only thing you have to do. You see, they look as if they are from the same creation, but they are totally different creation. The butterfly is a totally different creation, but it looks as if they are from the same soup. But they are totally different. Totally different mechanisms. The totally different lifestyles. Totally different control. The, uh, the dirt controls the uh, caterpillar. The sky and the nectar controls the butterfly. You cannot live like a butterfly. You cannot live like a caterpillar when you're a butterfly because you'll be like, I, I don't, I feel out of place. I feel out of place. So this is what the new creation is, that we are in Christ Jesus. He has made us perfect. 
We are completely perfect. Whether you like it or not, you are stuck with this. Little children, keep yourself away from idols. Idols means work of your hands. In this new creation, don't try to work. Don't try to work. Don't try to, don't try, or if he's telling to the butterfly, what is he saying? Little butterflies. Don't crawl. Don't crawl. <laughs> don't crawl. Don't crawl. Don't beg. Don't beg. Be a son. And command. Amen? 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 Hallelujah? Do you know this? Do you know that you are born of God? That you do not sin? You are of God? You are not under His control? And you are in Him You whether you like it or not? And Jesus has given you this understanding. Not Father God. Not the Holy Spirit. Jesus Himself came and gave you this understanding. Why do you think the, the disciples, even though they were sinners on the earth when, before Jesus died, they were so confident about their righteousness that when Samaria, when Samaria did not accept Jesus, they said, should we bring fire down from heaven and destroy them? Why do you, who, do, who do they think they are? Who told them that they are righteous? Who told them that they are without blame? Who do you think told them? Jesus, because they walked with Jesus. Every time the Pharisees would accuse uh, the disciples, Jesus would say, hold on. Hold on. When, when, the, when, the, uh, when Saul persecuted the church, Jesus shows up before Saul and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting the church? <laughs> hold on. He's saying, why are you persecuting me? Why is he saying me? The church, church. church the, is in Jesus. The church is in Jesus. When they touch you, they touch Jesus. Amen? Amen? Do you know this? Do you know this? Can you walk in this authority? Do you know that you are coming into this great transfer of wealth? Because God says, once more I will shake heavens and the earth and silver and gold is mine and the glory of the latter temple will be greater than the glory of the former and he is referring to the glory as being the glory of gold and silver what's going to happen is there is going to be a massive transfer of resources to the body of Jesus Christ amen, amen? are you ready to receive it yes. amen why will you receive it what, what qualifies you to receive it our position in Jesus. Because when they bring the goal to you, they are thinking they are bringing the goal to whom? Jesus. Jesus. Do you know that when, when, when Jesus was born, they, the Magi brought gold and uh, uh, spices, expensive stuff to Mary and Joseph because they were bringing gold to whom? Jesus. Who happened to be blessed because of that? Why was Mary and Joseph blessed? Because of the gold. Because they lived with whom? <laughs> for, for, for some reason, if Joseph had rented another house that day and left the baby in this house, where would the gold have shown up? The baby's house. Baby's house. <laughs> I say stay with the baby. 
and, and all the all the women said amen <laughs> stay with the baby stay with jesus stay in jesus don't worry about it the gold will come the gold will show up because the passover lamb blood is at your door amen and you will see incredible favor coming upon the church and this will be so unique you know in the night of the passover there was not one house in which a, uh, 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 there was no death why why was that why was that there was not one house in which there was not one dead why was that without the blood they killed the lamb no no i'm not talking about the uh, israelites the uh, egyptians every house of the egyptians there was somebody dead the firstborn had to die correct let me ask you the question what are the odds that in some egyptian house there is no firstborn no 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 what are the odds the, uh, is, is it one animal would be died no this is the firstborn Yes, every but okay 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 but okay so egyptian guy is not going to cry because his goat died True. correct so there was great cry in egypt because why the goats died no why was the great cry at night because in every house the bible is very specific in every house children no hold on So what are the odds that there is some house in which there is no firstborn is that possible yes it is possible in what situation give me an example where in a in a house there is no firstborn give me an example no children no children and a husband is the second born wife is the third born and they have no children correct so what happens in that house nobody dies but the bible says in every house of egypt they died means what happened that day it was supernatural in every house there was a firstborn let me repeat again and see whether this is making uh, it is going down in your spirit god has provided a firstborn in every house amen god said supernatural in every house there was a firstborn in a house of egyptians there was a firstborn and in the house of israel there was a firstborn who was the firstborn in the house of israel jesus jesus if you don't put his blood on the threshold you will have to pay with your blood someday why would you want to take such big chance why would you want to take such a big risk why would you, why would anybody want to pay such a big chance because that day is going to happen because a recompense will be required for blood shed every lawless person shall die and this is what the lord told me today morning He said anil tell them speak to mountains if they don't speak to mountains today they will speak to mountains one day do you know when if when they say fall on us and cover us from the face of him who sits on the throne you know that world mocks at you when you speak to mountains and viruses and cast judgments on things that they think are foolish 
you know, they mock at you because you speak to things as if they are alive and principalities when they cannot see it, they will not mock anymore because one day they themselves will cry out to rocks and mountains and say, cover us and fall on us. How come they can now speak and exercise faith then? But it will be too late. If only you would use the word of your testimony today while the lights are still on. Speak to every tongue that rises up in judgment against you. Condemn it in Jesus' name. Make sense? Speak, says the Lord. Because the day is going to come. Even when you want to speak, you cannot. Because it will not obey you. It will not obey you. It will not obey you. Obey you. And I'm, I'm sorry. Do you all have any rush? Do you all have to go anywhere? Cannot go. <laughs> <laughs> Get a captive audience. I've got a really captive audience. You are stuck in that. <laughs> I want to show you something very powerful because this is about this coming wealth transfer. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? If you want to grab coffee or something, please do that. But I want to show, tell you something very powerful and we'll close. And we'll close very soon. I want you to show something very powerful. I want to go to Matthew chapter... Okay, Matthew chapter 17. And I shared this with uh, Sushil some time back. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, do you know the story where Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and there was this, uh, uh, the father who had a son who was pa- paralytic and he was and the demons were tormenting him. So verse 16, and, he, and I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. He says, and Jesus rebuked the demon and came out of him and the child was cured from that very same hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? You know why the disciples could not cast out the demon there? Because of their unbelief. Yeah, but why? Lack of faith. Lack of faith means what? What, You know what the disciples were trying to do? They were trying to cast out the demons with their righteousness. Means they are trying to say that we kept the law, we kept the law, we kept this. The scribes were arguing with them concerning the law at the bottom of the mountain. They were supposed to cast out demons how? How did Jesus tell them to cast out demons? By commanding them to. By commanding them in whose name? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. What were they doing? They were talking to. They were talking about their situation with the Pharisees and the scribes about the law. They are saying that, oh, you are not clean, you are a sinner, you cannot cast out demons. If you need to be cast out demon, you need to be a pastor, you need to have a long ministry, you need to be righteous, you, you cannot cast out demons like that. So get what? So they were not doing what? They were not exercising authority and casting out demons in Jesus' name. Correct? So Jesus says, 
because of your unbelief. Because I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, that means even if you have a small faith, you will do what? Speak to them. You will say, say, if I have faith, repeat after me. I will say. Let repeat after me. If I have faith, I will say. Let me ask you a question. What was Satan's first temptation to Jesus? If he said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, command these stones. Satan knows the only true sign, test, of somebody being of the household, of the sonship of the father is the son will do what the father does. Like for example, if you are a dog and you are a son of a dog, how will I prove that you are a son of a dog? By barking. By barking. <laughs> so if I am talking to the son of a dog, I will say what? If you are a son of a dog, you should bark. bark. <laughs> I know it's funny, but it's it getting the point. So when, when Jesus wants to test Jesus, sorry, when Satan wants to test Jesus, Jesus is saying, if you are the son of God, you should Amen. hold on. Do you get this revelation? If you are a son of God, you should command you should act like God that's the only way Satan knows that you are a son of God sons of God do what act like God act like God how is that acting God do you have to bark hold hold on hold on hold on hold on (laughs) don't give me the answer Should, should you live a perfect life like the father? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's not what he's asking. The only sign Satan knows that the father does, that he says, if you are the son of God, you will do what the father does. Because how does the father do stuff in heaven? Just speak it. Speak. Speaks it. He commands stuff. Because he has authority in his house. He is authority in the house. So he talks like the like man with authority. So if you come into my house, and in my house there is Joshua, and then there is Joshua's friends. How do you know that Joshua is my son? Looks. Looks? Okay. No. He walks along with authority. He goes into the refrigerator. He picks up stuff. He does stuff. He acts in authority while the other uh, friends of his does what? They are constantly coming to him. They are constantly going to him or they are constantly going to the father of the house. Correct? But this guy just walks in, talks, commands. Because then he knows that that guy is the son of the house. You got it? So if you are the son, you will command. Say, I will command. command. Guys, don't talk like, don't behave like a caterpillar as a butterfly. You are totally different. I know you are from the same household. Looks as if. 
Because when you got born again, you lived in the... When you, were, when, you, when, you were, when you did not receive Jesus, maybe you lived in the same apartment. After you accepted Jesus, you continued to stay in the same apartment. So you, you think you are the same person. The government thinks you are the same person. The system thinks you have the same social security. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to put somebody in the spot. Linny, what's your social security number? I don't. No, you're not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let me ask you a question. Did your social security number change after accepting Jesus? No. See, that proves my point. From the world's perspective, your identity has changed or not? But from God's perspective, you got a completely new citizenship, completely new creature, totally new uh, DNA. You don't even operate like that. You operate like a son, commanding stuff. You know something, and the Lord showed me this something very powerful to, uh, some other day. He said, when Israel went into the Dead Sea, which is a picture of the new birth, correct? When they came out on the other side, they came out with a shepherd. Did you know that? So they went in like goats and came out as sheep with a shepherd. So what is the difference when they went in? They went in without a shepherd. But when they came out, they came out with a unique creature that is totally dependent on whom? And the shepherd came out first. So the sheep went in into the Dead Sea thinking that he's coming out as... So the goats went into the Dead Sea thinking that they are still a goat and can, can live life just like it lived life before, has to find for his own food. But it didn't realize the moment it came on the other side, who came out of the Dead Sea, on the Red Sea? The shepherd came out first, and guess who followed out? Sheep. sheep. You went in as a goat, but came out as a sheep. You know, goat and sheep look very similar. They act very similar, but there is one big difference. Sheep do what? Follow. Follow the shepherd. Sheep is totally dependent upon the shepherd. So now in this new creation, God has raised you up with a shepherd. You are in, you are without, I don't even have an English word. Masha can help. What is the word? Inextricably connected to your shepherd. Inextricably. <laughs> I can't even say that. Do you see? You are, what is the word again, Joe, uh, Jaya? Inextricably. Your, 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 you cannot survive without what? Shepherd. Shepherd. He, where he sits, what do you do? Sit. Sit. If he, if you lack, who's responsible? Shepherd. If you are in the wrong pasture, who's responsible? Shepherd. Shepherd. Because why? Because he's leading you. He's leading you. If he's sitting, you sit. If he's standing, you sat. 
If he's making you to a pool, you drink. You got it? Because everything should be what? Nearby. Because a shepherd does the searching out for you. He searched out the places for you. And he brought you. That is why Psalms 23 says what? The Red Sea. You know Psalms 22 is the Red Sea where Jesus died. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the Psalms 22. That's the Red Sea. The moment they cross out from Psalms 22, what shows up in Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. That's amazing. The shepherd comes out first before the sheep has any responsibility in the new creation. Because it's the shepherd's responsibility to supply. It's the shepherd's responsibility to make sure you're satisfied. It's the shepherd's responsibility. So that is why during this time, your only job is to do what? According to Psalms 23. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. He makes me sit because the work is finished. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 17 and we'll close quickly. But say, if you say to this mountain, me move from here to there, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Repeat after me. Nothing, nothing. will be impossible for me. You have heard this a lot. Nothing is impossible for God. How many of you have heard this? It's nothing for nothing is impossible for God. You know, even the unbelievers believe that. Every religion believes that. You ask any believer, any guy any follower of any religion, anybody, they'll ask him, do you believe that God can do anything? And what will they say? Yes. 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 God can do anything because nothing is impossible for you. But only the word of God in Christ Jesus tells you, Jesus tells you nothing will be impossible for you. Do you know that you have this authority? Why? Because you are whose son right now? We are in Jesus. You are in Jesus and you are the son of God. You got it? You are God's son. And look at it. Because, because however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and, and fasting is not there in the original scriptures. That has been added by people. Because that, because that promise is so good. People wanted to qualify it. And God says you can only receive this gift. You can only receive this gift by asking. By asking. In fact, if you see in some of the translations, verse 21, you see on the margin, it says, new version, new, a lot of manuscripts omits verse 21. Did you see that margin written next to your Bible? Right? Because it was not there in the original. It was added because it's such a powerful verse. That means you, nothing is impossible for you. Nothing, nothing in Jesus name, nothing is impossible for you. And people could not take it. It's like it is added. But, but, but it says, God says you can receive in another uh, versions of the Bible. It says you can only receive it by asking. That means you cannot receive it by lot of beating yourself down. You can only receive it by just plain asking, asking, asking. Okay. But look at verse says. Verse 24, and when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax, now I'm telling you, get ready for wealth transfer. Remember I told you that? The wealth transfer? The wealth transfer is going to get started. 
says when you when they came when they came to Capernaum verse 24 read it very powerful those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said does your teacher not pay the temple tax okay he said peter said yes and when he had come into the house say the house, the house. so whose house is this This is where Jesus lived in Capernaum. Did you know that Jesus did not live in a hut in Capernaum? Jesus had a house in Capernaum. He had a house in which his disciples could live with him. So what kind of house is that? A big one. A big house. A house that was well supplied. Remember? He is the Lord. He is a righteous man on the earth at this point of time. He is not taken near that your sin. He is not unrighteous that he becomes naked. That is on the cross. But on the in the in Capernaum, this was a fully supplied house. Say fully supplied house. Fully supplied house. Okay. So he says, when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him and look at the question. Look at this question. What do you think, Simon? Because Simon is behaving like. his unregenerated self see his name had already been changed to peter but jesus is now calling him simon. simon why because he is behaving as if he is not regenerated as if he is not a son of god he is behaving as if he is owner because he said the teacher should pay the temple tax because he is he is behaving like he is saying you have to suffer too Like remember the the criminal who uh, who God, the Holy Spirit says he blasphemes. He says Jesus should also suffer with us because he is also a criminal. You see, mm-hmm. so that God doesn't like. Right. Jesus is saying, "Do you think I should pay the temple tax?" What did Peter say? Should he pay or not? Peter said he should. Peter said, "Say, is Peter saying the correct thing? Yes or no?" No. Is it politically correct for you to say that you should pay the temple tax? Yes. Yes. Why? Because that's the law of the land. Or it is peer pressure, correct? Yes. So the law, the media, everything around you say why should you not suffer? Why should you not pay the tax? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct? So Jesus is asking a very simple question. What do you think, Simon? So remember, we know in first first John chapter five, we know, correct? But here Jesus is saying, what do you think? From from who do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? What a powerful question! Who pays the price on the earth? Do sons pay the price? or strangers pay the price strangers peter answered this is this everybody knows it who pays the price strangers strangers so peter said from strangers then jesus said what hold on you have heard this verse whom the son set free is free indeed yes or no yes Let me tell you a truth that the Holy Spirit is telling you. The sons are free to receive what? The temple tax. 
You always think the sons are free from sin. I am sorry, that is old news. The good news is the sons are free to receive the temple tax. Let me ask you a question. Who are the kings of the earth collecting the taxes for? Joah. Who are the kings of the earth collecting the taxes for? For themselves, for their sons. So the, the wealth of the nations is going to come where? Into the house. Remember into the house, that word house is very important. Into the house. So what do you think the Jews are collecting taxes in this land of Israel at this point of time? To bring the tax from all over Israel, from all over Capernaum, from all over Galilee, from all over Decapolis. And they are going to bring the tax and the money and the silver and the coin from every Israelite. And they are going about collecting and collecting and collecting and collecting and collecting and bringing where? The temple. Into the temple. Who is in the temple? Jesus is in the temple, correct? The Lord is in the temple, correct? Yes. And where are you? In him. In him. So where, who are all these guys collecting this stuff for? <laughs> Thank you for revelation. <laughs> so the sons are free. Say the sons are free to receive. That's it. You can fill in the blanks. Say the sons are free to receive. Don't go about collecting tax for others. My goodness, you are not a caterpillar. <laughs> You, you, I know you have the same social security number, but please don't go about collecting taxes for somebody else. Remember, you are in the house. What, what did the father say to the older son when he said, I was with you and I have served you? So who was serving whom in the older son's mind? Son was serving the father. Correct. Is that correct? Is that true? No. But in his mind, who was serving whom? Son is serving father. He, his exact words was, I have served you all these years, but you have not given me a kid. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, who wants to be great among you, he should be the servant. servant of all. That means the greatest in the house will be the servant. Of all. That means the who is the greatest person in the father's house? The son. The father. The father. So who who is served the more? Who serves the most in the father's house? The father. The father. Who puts on the robe? The father. Who brings in the ring? The father. Who uh, gives the slipper? The father. Who uh, kills the fatted calf? Do you see? Do you see this picture? It's the father who is waiting at a long distance. The son. Father. The father. Waiting for the son. Correct? So you see, the father is the one serving. But in the elder son's mind, he is serving. That means in his mind, who is greatest in the house? 
Yes. See, that's deception. When you don't want to receive, but you want to serve, you make yourself the greater one. Jesus says, I am the greater one. Let me be the shepherd. Let me serve you. Humility is sitting down. Say sitting down. In fact, it is so an ana Marsha, what is the word? Anathema. 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 Hey, man, you need to take a second major in English. <laughs> Jordan was an English major. Jordan was an English major. Anathema. It's such an anathema to human beings to sit down, to allow to be served. When the shepherd says, he, in fact, but before Jesus could do the miracle of the 5,000 loaves, Jesus said he commanded them to sit down. Why does Jesus have to command them to sit down? Because when your wife and children are running out of food, what is the instinct of the male of the house to do? Or panic and to run and to stalk. Correct? But Jesus said, I, I, I'm not going to be loud, but it's, he said, <laughs> sit down. He commanded them, make them sit down. So Jesus spoke with such authority that they all sat down in groups of 50. The moment they sat down, supply showed up. In fact, God says all over the world, sit down. Let me provide for you. Let me pay, give you a paycheck. Let me supply you. And I will show you that the shepherd that came out of the Red Sea is a true shepherd. And he is true. Remember what 1 John chapter 5, the last one says, we know he who has come and given us an understanding and he is true. That means he's a good shepherd. That means he will provide. My pasture is good pasture. My pasture will be supplied. And what does he say? Look at that. Let's continue in verse 26 and verse 27. Finally. Nevertheless, lest we offend them. You know, Jesus said, lest we offend them. The moment Peter said that, when Peter heard that, G Peter rejoiced. He said, Jesus said we. That means, yes. that means I am in the house. That lest we offend them. That means I don't have to pay the tax also. Lest we offend them. That means I don't, I know Jesus doesn't have to pay tax because he's the Lord of the temple. But Jesus said, lest we offend them. Means what? Say, I am, I am in the we. I am in the we. The wealth is coming to Jesus. The wealth is coming to me. That sounds like poetry. I am in the we. The wealth is coming to Jesus. And the wealth is coming to me. That's a nice verse. You can remember that. So it says, Nevertheless, let us let lest we offend them. Let us go to the go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes out first. That means what? Take the fish that comes out first means what? 
So when the, when the Israelites went out that night and started knocking at the house of the Egyptians, the Egyptians knew the one knocking at their door is not an Egyptian. You know why? There were two differences between the guys who knocked. The guy who asked for gold and money is an Israelite. The guy who asked for shelter is an Egyptian. They were known by what they spoke. Did you, did you hear what I'm saying? What came out of their mouth marked them. See, remember a mix. Remember, the Bible says a mixed multitude went out from the Red Sea, from Egypt into Canaan. Who is a mixed multitude? That means there were among the Israelites who made through, who applied the blood on the doorpost, people who were not Jews. <laughs> Did you know that? That means the same protection that was available for the Jews was available for anybody who would apply the lamp. That shows that it is not what you do that is powerful. It is what you apply. The blood of the lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what they spoke. So the guys who showed up at their door, they knew. So they say, when somebody, somebody rings the bell and JR says, Bobby, go and check who's there. Bobby goes and opens the door. JR calls out, Bobby, who's there? Ah, oh, it's another Egyptian. <laughs> Why? Because the guy is panicked. He is afraid. And he's asking for shelter. Shut the door, JR says. We have enough Egyptians in this house. <laughs> Correct? Right? Then he says, nah, this I'm giving an example if they are Egyptians. And then somebody else knocks at the door and says, JR says, Bobby, who's at the door? Is an Egyptian. How do you uh, sorry, an Israelite? How do you know? He's asking for your TV. Oh, another one? Tell him that the last TV was already taken by the other Israelite. <laughs> so, so they say, Bobby, is he still there? Yes. Why? He says, do you have any clothes? <laughs> He's like, you see, the guy is persistent. You got it? That goes for makeup. That's how the Bible says they looted the Egyptians. They looted the Egyptians by their asking. Yes! Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. This kind does not come except by asking. I'm saying you have to do more asking and less fasting. I like that. <laughs> do more asking and less fasting. Uh, one day I'm going to teach about the New Testament method of fasting, which is so different. I'm going to give you scripture. You will be blown away by understanding how fasting has changed in the New Covenant. It's amazing. Amazing. I'm sure you can find it out yourself. The Bible says you have an anointing. But more importantly, do more asking rather than fasting. That's how you know 
an Israelite is shown up at the door. Amen? The sons are free to receive. Amen? The Lord, Lord Jesus not only just supplied you your eternal salvation and righteousness, He has also supplied you all your supply. Everything has been supplied. Everything has supplied. And I will close with this one verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. Can you hunt that chapter, hunt that verse down in your Bible? Ecclesiastes is, uh, is it after Proverbs? Yes. Yes, okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Verse Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. It says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. See, I am good in, in God's sight, I am righteous in God's sight. Right? But to the sinner, what does he give? He gives the work of gathering and collecting. See, the sinners have a job. Say, the sinners have a job. Sinners have a job. They have full employment. They have full employment. Their employment is complete. Their employment is complete. There is no unemployment in the realm of the sinner. Why? Because God has given them a job. And what is the job? To collect the wealth. And do what with it? And give it to them who is good before God. Who is good before God? You! How do I know that you are good before God? First John chapter 5. You are in Christ Jesus. The Son of God has come and has given you understanding. He gives the sinner the job of, so when you say, I'm a sinner, you have a job of collecting. collecting. The moment you say, you are of God, you have a job of receiving. receiving. Let me repeat again. I want you to know, understand it. The moment you say, I'm a sinner, you say, I have a job. If I'm a sinner, I have a job. Who gave you this job? Biju? See, God gives you the job. Do you see that? To the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give it to him who is good before God. This is vanity and grasping for the wind. Vanity and grasping for the wind for whom? For the sinner or for the one who is good? That means for, for the sinner is looking like, I mean, I, 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 I spent so many years struggling and making my money in my 401k. And this one event has wiped it all out. And you are like, man, what is the waste? It's all vanity. But the believer says, my goodness, I didn't work nothing. And look at my bank account. Look at my supply. You see, look at what's happened in one night. Look, I got everything back in one night. You got it? And the Israelites are saying, we worked 40 years collecting all this. And in one night, the Israelites received it. See, both had a job. In the night of the Passover, 
The Egyptians had a job. What was the job? To give. Every doorbell that rings, they had to go, go inside the house, collect the stuff, give. Go into the house, collect the stuff, give. The Israelites had a job that night. Mm -hmm. What was their job? Ringing doorbells and asking. Ringing doorbells and asking. Ringing doorbells and receiving. You got it? Do you get this picture? Now you need to understand, 1 John chapter 5 is very powerful. If you do not know those three vinos, you will start behaving like the caterpillar. God is saying, this is a gift that you have received, not because what you did, because of your works. That's why 1 John chapter 5 ends. My little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen? Amen. Are you excited about God's word today? Are you excited? And the Lord, yes. is, the Lord is telling that this, this transfer is happening. You are already starting to see in the government. You're starting to see the wealth is going to start to come in. Your job is keep your confession straight. Your job is to confess. First John chapter 5 talks about you. Confess that. Put that in your mouth. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the, the word of our testimony. Hi, Ben. I can see you. <laughs> so, so do this. Do this. I'm going to uh, upload this message on the website. So go back and listen to it. Meditate on it. You got a job. Your job is receiving. The sons are free to receive. The sinner at this time has a job. I know they will say that they don't have a job. They have a job. They're collecting and gathering to hand it over to you during this time. Remember, they'll say, they'll eat food before the lights go out. Means what? Who's bringing the food into your house? The sinner. The sinner is bringing the food into your house in terms of provision. But in terms of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of abundance. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of a new birth. That new birth was born with, with, with the newborn was born with a shepherd. See, I have a shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Do you know what Jesus is doing right now at the Father's right hand? Sitting. Sushil, do you know what Jesus is doing at the Father's right hand? You know why is he seated at the right hand? Because the work is complete. Not yet, fully. Okay, read uh, Psalms 110. The, the father says to Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So why is Jesus sitting? Father is fighting. The father is doing the business of serving and bring, uh, uh, destroying his enemies. Correct? So he's going to bring, keep it. So what, is, what, what are you doing? Resting. Sitting. Sitting. Why, how, how are you sitting? In Jesus. We are in Jesus. Correct. Whether you, if you waste your time standing, doesn't matter. 
Because in, G- in the father's eyes, what are you doing? Sitting. You are standing inside a sitting Jesus. It <laughs> 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 is so funny. And that's what the, that's what, I, I mean the, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. This, this is what happens in heaven. You know, you know, in heaven has no lack of comedy shows. <laughs> this is a 24-hour channel of streaming <laughs> of comedy. You know the channel. <laughs> you know what that channel is? It's got a different name in heaven. It's called the Church of God. <laughs> it's a comedy channel. It's like constantly believers standing, worrying, jumping, anxious, behaving like caterpillars in a sitting Jesus. I'm like, what are you guys doing? So God is like, I can't get these believers to ever sit down. What do I do? I tell them to sit down. I've told them in Psalms 23 to sit down. I've commanded them to sit down because they're waiting for... Uh, supply and they are behaving like the uh, uh, sinner going around and collecting stuff I want them to just sit down I know that is just the Lord just telling shut up no (laughs) he doesn't say shut up he says open your mouth and sit down means command sit and command at this time sit down and then he has to, because he has to make the believers sit down, he has to. He no? has to sit down. He, he's already sat down, but he's like, okay. everyone sit down because the world is. So the enemy is used this for evil, but he's used, telling the church, sit down at this point of time. Let me make your enemies your footstool. You don't sit and worry about it. See, your life, you're a new creature. You're a sheep with a shepherd. Your sheep has no existence apart from a shepherd. You are a sheep with a shepherd. You are created. The shepherd came out first. The sheep followed. It's like one creation. So if you have to be killed, the shepherd has to be killed. You know, it's like there are some of these organisms. They are, they are, they are, they are like you have seen these uh, whales that that the big whales. They have these small whales that small fishes that are stuck to it. When these big whales go, they, when the big whale dies, the small whale dies. The small fishes die because they are they are they are they are they are together. They cannot be separated. It's like the bacteria in your stomach. When you die, the bacteria dies. The bacteria needs you to live. They are your co. They are, they are dependent on you. And you are dependent on them because they break down all the food. But when you die, they die. So you are in new creation. You are a sheep and he's a shepherd. You are in connected to him. And he is sitting. You stay seated. Amen. Hallelujah. So receive this word. Receive this coming, wealth transfer that is coming because God's saying it's happening. Get ready for it because why do you need this wealth? Because the, the, the rapture of the church is going to happen very soon and he's going to use this to sow into the kingdom. He's going to use this to sow into other people because he wants to get this word out to the whole world before the trap falls on the world. The trap is going to fall, ladies and gentlemen. None of the pro pro uh, pros, pro uh, pro pros, JR prostatic no pros pro pros, what is that the ones who predict the future prophets no prophecy 
prognosis, prognosticators, prognosticators. Hey, we got we got three membean words today. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, pr prognosticators, they none of them could predict what is going to happen. Correct? Correct. That's how that's how it is. Nobody can predict when the rapture of the church is going to happen. The Bible says, and the other day I was telling Milo, the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour when it's going to happen. Not even the angels. In heaven. Do you know why the angels have been kept away from the secret when the church is going to be raptured? Because they are ministering spirits? Because there is one angel that God doesn't want this news to know. Mm -hmm. Satan is an angel. His kingdom are full of angels. And Satan's only business is to get after the world because he wants to get after the church of Jesus Christ. But the angels don't know the hour and the day. Therefore, he's afraid that it's going to happen anytime. You got it? He's petrified. He's thinking the time is short. He set it up. Can, let me ask you a question. Can the mark of the beast be implemented right now without any problems? I know because Thompson knows about it. With blockchain technology and uh, cryptography and uh, uh, fa facial ID and cloud database storage, the whole and IoT. I'm using uh, jargons which Thompson knows, Ben knows. It's very easily possible right now, hundred percent. It was never available till cloud storage became available. Peer-to-peer -peer communications became available. The IoT became available. Blockchain, decentralized computing, and decentralized validation of identity became available. This was not possible. Today it is possible. Can you, you can mark a person individually and cause you not to buy and sell. Can the world control your buying and selling today? Can you get more than one toilet paper roll at Walmart? You, you cannot. They control that, correct? Your checkouts, you, when you add stuff into your checkout, you cannot add more than a certain item more than once, right? The world has a system now built to avoid you, avoid, control your buying and behavior. It's coming, right? The trapdoor is that enemy has the infrastructure in place. But it is going to happen. But the church is going to be raptured before this. What I'm saying is Jesus coming is soon. It's a, we don't know it's going to be a couple of years, maybe 10 years. We don't know. But you cannot wait, right? Either it could be his coming or your last day on the earth. Either way, receive the, uh, what the prophets are telling, what are the word that God is telling, that get ready for this great time of harvest great time that is coming into the kingdom of God. God is going to use all of you with ministry. I'm telling you, you can send video clips to people. You can send your messages to people and they will listen. They will read it. They will hear it because there's a hunger. They will listen to it because they have seen all the pro programmers. <laughs> I can't get the word. All the guys who are prof uh, forecasting the things to come, they are getting it wrong. But the church has inside information. And God is going to show you stuff.
So I, w- I don't want you to panic and worry about anything, about your job, about your finances, about your conditions. But in fact, you should have an expectancy of incredible glory of the Lord coming into your house because you are in the house. In the house. Say, in the house. In the house. I am in the house. You are in the house. So in the house, you are sheltered. You are in the house, you are sheltered. Psalms 91 says, your, your location determines your position. Your position determines your protection. Your position determines your provision. And your position determines your posture. Everything is P. Provision. Protection. Posture. But everything is because of where you are located. You are in the secret place of the Most High God. That is why, and let me close with this. I've been closing for the last like one hour right now, but... uh, but you know, you remember I, told, I started off by saying Deuteronomy chapter 28, these blessings shall come, these curses shall come upon the sinner, right? It says, if you keep all what I said, I will put you on high. That's the first word. Before even God can start blessing you, he says, I will put you on high. Are you in this high place? Bobby, are you in this high place? Yes. Joa, are you in the high place? Yes. Yes, you are in the high place. John, are you in this high place? Yes. Yes. Rajesh, are you in the high place? Yes. Sushil, are you in this high place? (laughs) (laughs) The word of testimony is also important. (laughs) (laughs) Biju, are you in are in this high place? Yes. Yes. George, are you in this high place? Yes. Amen. Tarun, are you in the high place? Yeah. Jerry, are you in the high place? Yes. Thompson, are you in the high place? Yes, sir. Alkesh, are you in the high place? Yes. Ben, are you in the high place? Yes. Amen. Prasad, are you in the high place? Yes. James and Debbie, are you in the high place? Yes. Arun, Arun and Marsha, are you in the high place? Yes. Yes. See, now you qualify. Now you qualify. Everything is available right now. The protection is available. The provision is available. And now all you have to do is maintain your posture. Your posture is a posture of your Lord Jesus Christ. He is sitting. You are sitting. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Uh, George, you want to lead in prayer? Mighty Father, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful evening once again. Thank you for your faithfulness and blessing us and for your placing us in this wonderful place that you have placed us in. In Christ Jesus, in the heavenly places, far above every principality and power and every name that is named mighty Lord. Therefore, we thank you, Lord, for the abundance of your grace and the supernatural wealth and blessings and honor, everything that you have in store for us. 
Mighty Father, we pray. Open our eyes to see and dwell in this precious place, Lord, and inherit everything that you have meant for us to inherit and enjoy. Hallelujah. And that may be declared in and through our lives, through our position, through our possessions, that we belong to the Most High God. Amen. That we may be billboards, mighty Lord, that people may look at and see the advertisement of the Father's love. Yes, mighty Lord, we thank you once again for your faithfulness, even though our meeting together was restricted, Lord, we could still meet together via Zoom and we could fellowship. Thank you, Master, for the testimonies. Thank for all the prayer requests. And we thank you for your faithfulness to bring everything to pass. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And uh, if, you, if, you, if, you say, if you have any health issues, anything in your body that needs healing, I want you to put your hand over that part of the body right now, even as your eyes are closed, and just just whatever, any part of your body, or even in some area in your, in something that you need, if it's your head or anything, anything in your sinus or allergies or anything, let's, let's, Put your hand over there and now let's declare in the name of Jesus I rebuke every sickness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord says to a brother in this stream, your life is like an open book. I can see everything in it. Don't be concerned about the things that are going to come. For the things that are come, going to come are good. The plans that I have for you are good, says the Lord. Receive my plan. Don't read what the enemy is telling about you. Don't read the news, what it, the news is declaring to you. Don't read the last letter that you just received from the office this Friday from your boss. Don't read that, says the Lord. For I will validate the promises that I made to you because what I say of you is the truth. Not what you read and what you see. What I say to you is the truth. And the Lord says, trust me. For what situation that you see is come will not remain. And what, you, what I have spoken to you will come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Master. Every sickness, every disease, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every liver condition, the Lord says, the liver condition that you have is now gone in Jesus' name. Because you touched that part of your body in faith, receive the supernatural restoration of your liver to the same level that it was when I created it. Receive it right now, says the Lord, because the sons are free. The curse of the sickness shall not come upon you. The sons are free. The daughters are free right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. There's a brother who is counting the bank balance, constantly checking the bank balance. The Lord says, will you trust that or will you trust what I say about you? Will you look at that and declare in your mouth or will you declare what I have preached today, says the Father. For you are not of the household of Egypt. 
you're of the household of Israel. And can I not provide fancy food in the wilderness? Can I not provide meat in the wilderness? Can I not provide water in the wilderness? Can I not, says the father, trust me in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. There's a brother who is going to close a big transaction, a big deal. And the Lord says, when that happens, you will know it's as a sign that the times of increase have started. From this day onwards, I will bless you, says the Father, when this deal is closed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. The Lord says to every parent who is concerned about their children, the Lord says, because you are free, the sons, the children of the household are free. What you declare over them is what I will destine to happen, not what the world speaks over them. So you speak and prophesy life over them. You are concerned about your sons. You are concerned about your daughters. But the Lord says, have I not told you to sit and command? So why stand and panic? Sit and command. But what you decree and what I told Esther, the Lord said, recline at the banquet of wine and declare and the mouth of Haman will be covered. Hallelujah. The Lord says, you are hearing the mouth of Haman and his prophecies and his declarations over your life. The Lord says, his mouth is covered. You are reclining at my table of wine. And I have paid the price. So therefore command, says the Lord, for you are seated with me on my throne of glory. And you will receive what you prophesy and declare over your children. Thank you, Jesus. For your boundary lines for you have fallen in delightful places. And you have a delightful inheritance. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. We thank you. But I pray that your words will not fall to the ground, but it will bear much fruit. And you have pro promised, O oh Master, that it will happen. This word will go forth and now produce and reap that increase that has been prophesied today in this meeting. We thank you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 We are going to break bread. We are going to take communion right now. And if you are interested to join, uh, if you want to get, uh, I mean, there is no pressure. Uh, if you all want to leave the stream, you all are definitely free to leave the stream. Uh, uh, but, but the Lord impressed upon me to break bread with the church and with everybody because there is no power, because there is something that I will read from the power of the banquet of wine. So if you, if you have time, uh, go ahead and get some bread. It can be anything from the house, any bread. And grape juice, if you have, if you, if you don't have grape juice, any drink, water, Sprite, anything. Just get some drink and let's get some bread. Uh, there's always bread and crackers, bread, anything is fine. And uh, we're going to take uh, communion together, me and my wife. And I want to join all of you to take communion. Uh, as, you get your as you get your bread, I want you to open the book of Esther. 
because we are going to take this something very powerful oh my goodness this is so powerful this is so anointed if you read this passage uh, we will cover it in some other bible study but it is so prophetic you know do you see my bible you see the highlighted reds there are the whole esther is about jesus and the church the whole book of esther it's a it's a it's a mystery book it's a parable about jesus and the church it's very powerful you got esther chapter 6 5 and 6 6 and 7 okay i'm just going to read couple of verses so haman uh, esther chapter 5 verse 9 so haman went out that day joyful and with a glad heart but when haman saw that mordecai at the king's gate and that he did not stand see haman was angry because mordecai will not stand you got it okay then look at it, verse 13 esther chapter 5 verse 13 yet all this avails me nothing as so long as i see mordecai the jew sitting at the king's gate see what is haman most upset about mordecai sitting mordecai sitting is is upsetting him he's angry and where is mordecai sitting at the king's gate at the king's gate where are you sitting at the king's gate at the king's gate at, at the king's table better than the gate see mordecai did not have access into the table because the jesus had not yet died he was at the gate we are at the table table okay let's look at esther chapter 6 verse 10 the king said to haman hurry take the robe and the horse and as you suggested and do so for mordecai the jew who sits within the king's gate mordecai has a reputation among the king and among the enemies what is the reputation it's sitting <laughs> sitting <laughs> you know how many of you how many times you have heard things in the world don't just sit there just do something have you seen have you heard that right right don't just sit there do something mordecai had a reputation to do what sit 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 he has a reputation for sit by sitting what is he getting everything he got everything he got his influence he got the wealth he got the authority he got everything because it's a picture of satan and the believer the only way you can receive stuff now in this new kingdom is by what sitting sitting you should have a reputation ben <laughs> i do <laughs> but they call it lazy <laughs> Uh, we got a i got a reputation in the house okay <laughs> but you need to have a reputation in the kingdom of god that you are a sitter i sit at the king's gate no matter what i will not get up got it you underline that okay so this is the reputation among the king then says verse 
if Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall, this is what Satan's situation is. Mordecai is a Jew. You are a Jew. Before whom you will begin to fall is of Jewish descent. You will, you will not prevail against him. But you will surely fall before him. See, Satan will surely fall before us. Because we are of what descent? We are Jewish. Why are we Jewish? Not adopted. We are born in the family. Okay. Uh, that word adopted is not translated correctly in the where it is used. It's we are sons of God. We are born. Remember, we are born in the family. Correct? We were not we are not a caterpillar living with the butterfly's house and adopted by the butterfly. Okay. We are born butterfly. Correct? So we are we are born in the household. So he says, we Satan will fall before us. Okay. And look at this verse. Esther chapter 7. Verse 8. Now what is Mordecai doing? Sitting. What is Esther doing? Hearing a feast. At this point of time, no. Banquet. Listen to this. Listen to this. I, I, I want every, I want everyone... I want everyone to read Esther chapter 7 verse 8. Let's read it very carefully. Very carefully. Look at what he says. When the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine. You see that word place of the banquet of wine? Mm -hmm. It says it's a place. Yeah. It's a place of a banquet. It's a place of a banquet of what? What is that a picture of? It's a, it's a place. What is wine a picture of? His blood. That means that is the, that, no, it's a place of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the place where he died. Remember, he took the cup, which we're going to take the cup right now, right? The place he sat down and he broke bread and he took the cup and he said, This blood is this wine is the blood new covenant in my blood. You got it? So that wine is became blood. So he changed, he said, That wine is my blood. So this is the banquet. Banquet of wine means what? There is enough supply of blood in this place. It's a banquet. Say banquet. So you are, so at this place, when the king had come to the place of the banquet of wine, say the place, the place. of the banquet of, the banquet. of, wine. of wine, what happened? Where Haman had fallen. Wow. What happened at this place? The enemy fell. Enemy fell. Remember I said Revelation chapter 12. I saw Satan fall or Michael fell. And when Jesus' blood was spilled, Satan fell. Haman fell on the banquet of wine. See, remember, this is not Esther Haman. This is a picture of Jesus, the church and Satan. This picture is hidden, the whole thing. It's about Haman fell on the banquet of wine, correct? So when you take the blood, what happens? It is declaring that somebody has already fallen. Who, fall, who has fallen? Our adversary Haman has fallen. Mm -hmm. 
You got it? Do you get it? Okay. Look at what he says. Across the couch where Esther was. So where is Esther right now? Sitting on the couch. And what is she doing sitting on the couch? Resting. And? Partaking of the wine. Partaking of the wine. It's a banquet of wine. She is on the couch. She is partaking of the wine, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, while she is doing this almost foolish stuff. Remember, this Haman is going to kill her. He has marked a day when he will die. She will die because she's a Jew. But during this time, is she panicked? What is she doing? She's on a couch. She is partaking of the blood of Jesus Christ. You see that power? When that happened, what's happening to Haman? Haman had fallen. Had fallen. It's past tense. When you partake of this bread and this wine, it's declaring that an event in the past has already happened. Jesus, Joah, something in the past has happened. It's a history. Something in the past. Your sins was already covered. Navid, your sins have already been covered. It has something in the past has happened. Haman had fallen. It's happened in the past. You don't have to do anything about it. You are declaring that Haman has fallen. You don't have to work. You don't have to work for your salvation. No one has to work for salvation. Rajesh, Sudha, Sushil, anybody, nobody, none of us have to work for this provision. It has already happened. Haman has fallen. Past tense. Look at what the next verse says. Then the king said, just one verse. Then the king said, will he also assault the queen? That's it. Satan cannot touch you right now. While I am in the... <laughs> While I am in the house... Haman cannot touch who? Esther. Satan cannot touch you when who is in the house? The king is in the house. You got it? You see the picture? It's powerful. The best is yet to come. As the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Let me ask you the question. Who has to put the mask right now? Who has to put N95 mask right now? No, not the church. Not the church. Who has to put the mask right now? The enemy. The enemy. Satan has to put a mask. Why do you think he's trying to put the mask on the church? Because he has to put the mask himself. Because every tongue that rises up in judgment, who is condemning it? We. We. So whose mouth is stopped? His mouth is stopped. Whose mask is on? His mask is on. Whose mouth is uncovered? Ours. Do you get it? It is your mouth that is uncovered. His mouth is covered. He has to put the N95 mask. 
because he is afraid that we will prevail against him jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church who is afraid of you jotsna <laughs> is pointing to <laughs> so bijo who is afraid of you <laughs> suja suja is afraid of you <laughs> he scares you satan 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 is afraid of him because he is afraid that you're going to fall the moment we take this blood this banquet of blood and reminds it reminds him of his defeat 2000 years back hallelujah are you ready and let's do you underline those verses this is so powerful and then look at this verse uh, esther chapter 8 was 8 remember this remember esther 8 8 say 8 8 esther 8 8 remember the word you have to eat the words that you have to speak this is the words it says you yourself write a decree concerning the jews as you please in the king's name and seal it in the king's signet ring for whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring no one can revoke so he's saying you write what you want about your life you speak what you want about the situation what you say remember jesus said in matthew chapter 17 whatever is you say to the mountain nothing shall be impossible for you because even i cannot do anything about it so whose mouth is declaring our mouth whose mouth is covered satan satan's mouth so you declare so if you don't declare you say bijush bijush you are supposed to declare i want this business is coming in at this point of time see guys guys listen to this this is prophetic times what you speak out is going to happen <laughs> it is it is the night of the passover amen see they you could go to the egyptian's house two days later it does not have the same effect you could go to the egyptian's house 10 days before it would not have the same effect it has an effect now because the principalities and the powers their mouths are closed and what you declare will come to pass thompson what do you want say it right now don't 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 say i had this opportunity i should have said it whatever i said it during that time came to pass I am saying this is an opportunity what you want speak Esther 8 8 you write the decree you declare but just 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 do one thing just sign it in my name please <laughs> just say it in the name of Jesus if you don't mind right why don't just just do it in my name because if you say it in my name even I cannot change it no one can revoke it hallelujah are you ready are you ready for the banquet of wine this is the couch across which haman fell so when you take this bread and this wine remember haman has fallen repeat after me haman haman 
My Haman, say repeat after me. Haman, Haman. my adversary, my adversary. Has, fallen. has fallen. I drink this, I take this bread and drink this cup. Reaffirming this victory. Okay, so let's go and, and take the bread that you have. Now this bread is unleavened. That means it does not have any sin. Remember Jesus was crucified with the criminals, but he was not a criminal. It's very important for you to know. Jesus was not a criminal. He died. He took your sin. When he died, you died, Alkesh. When he died, Manisha, you died. He died. It's past tense. You died. Did you die of COVID virus? Yes, you died 2000 years back. Now he cannot kill you again. Remember one of the things that they have, they are saying, you can go back to work provided you already had it. Because you cannot get it again. When you die, sickness cannot come on again because you already die. You died of every sickness that Satan is trying to threaten you with. So when you take the bread, you are reminding yourself that I already died in Jesus. Let's go ahead and receive the bread. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that every sickness in the body that was uh, lying to us, every lying symptom in my body is now removed supernaturally. Lying symptom. Remember, you never had the sickness because sickness cannot come on you. But those are lying symptoms that the enemy is telling you to receive. I receive none of those sickness, says the father, the believers. I receive none of the sickness because I already died in Christ Jesus to all the sickness. I give you no authority to stay in my body right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's receive the cup. This cup is the banquet of wine. This is where your victory is. Now remember, this blood is the blood of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Is, the, is, is Jesus alive today? Is he a man today? Yes. He is a man at the Father's right hand. He is God, but he is also man at the Father's right hand. He is, he is the first Adam. He's the second Adam. Remember? Adam means man. First Adam died. The second Adam was raised. Jesus is the second Adam. Adam means man. Jesus is a man at the Father's right hand. That is why God could put you in Jesus. He cannot put you in another creation. He could only put you in the same creation. Jesus is a man. You are a man. God put you in him. Correct? So you are in him. So is Jesus alive today in heaven? Is he at the Father's right hand? Yes. Does he have blood? Is he a man? Yes. 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 In, where is his blood? In the body. Correct? Blood is in the body. Correct? So, who is the body of Jesus Christ? We are, we are the body. So, the blood of Jesus is now running in our bodies. Amen? Amen? So, can sickness stay in this body? The life of Jesus has to be the life of Jesus in the blood. If the life is in Jesus, therefore this life is where? 
in our bodies. In us. That means this life, that is, when you drink this cup, it's called a cup of blessing. It's not like the bread. The bread is about your sickness and disease and cross. This cup is not about the cross. This is about the victory. That means this is about the life. The life after the new creation. That means this life is the life of Jesus right now. It, does Jesus have a great life in heaven right now? Does he have a great life in heaven? Yes. When you drink the cup, you are identifying with this great life in heaven. You got it? It's like the Holy Spirit the other day saying that, Anil, I send an iPhone, a latest iPhone into your house. And you are telling you did not receive it. I am telling you, I sent it. You are telling, I, I did not receive it. I am telling you, I sent a latest iPhone to your house. Then you, I, I told you to go and check. I checked and I said, Lord, I did not receive an iPhone from you. I received a brown box. God says, open the box. In the box is the iPhone. You got it? Let me ask you a question. As long as the box is in the house, do you have the iPhone? Yes. 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 He says, you have the iPhone. You have to open the box and receive the benefits of it. You got it? You have the blood of Jesus. You have it. This life is in you, but you have to receive it. Identify with it. Don't keep on pretending as if the life of Jesus is not there. Don't pretend as if that iPhone latest version is not with you. You have it. So let's go ahead and receive it. Identify with this blood. Say, I receive, I receive the life of Jesus. I drink it. And I believe that this life of Jesus flows in me. And all the blessing that is on Jesus is on me. Go ahead and drink it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord says one more thing, and I'll close. He says, the Israelites, they stood and ate the Passover. But they stood because they were about to be driven out. That means they were ready to be delivered. They were not delivered for 430 years. But the moment they partook of the Passover, they were delivered. Quickly, fast. Get ready for great deliverance. Get ready for expectation. That means have an expectation that I have taken the Passover. I expect to receive the answers. How soon? Quickly. Quickly. This very night. This very night. I receive my victory. Put it today. Got it? How soon? That means right now. Right now. I don't have time to wait. I have received it. That means get ready. Make plans. Go and say, Anil, start looking for houses that you're going to move in. Right? St start looking for businesses that you're going to start. Start looking for stuff that you're going to start. Because your victory is you don't have time. It's going to happen quickly because it's happened. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You got it? Don't waste your time thinking that it's going to take a lot of time for recovery. No, 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 no. It's going to happen fast for you. Get ready. The plans that he has for you have accelerated because you're partaken of the Passover. Amen? Amen. I'm so excited for the things that are going to happen. 
and the next time we meet and we declare you already start declaring the praises of the incredible stuff that is happening but i want you to in the meantime meditate upon the scripture and if you have not taken bread i strongly urge you break bread as often as you can make it a practice during this time in the morning have your bath shave go take communion and then do everything else break bread make it a practice just take bread just remind haman you have fallen na 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 you're fallen you know just remind yourself na 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 you're fallen i'm sorry every time you drink you're fallen you're a loser you're a loser man every time he threatens you take the cup and drink it you're a loser because you're fallen because he hates that he hates this celebration of the banquet of wine so get ready for great miracles i'm telling you brothers and sisters i'm telling you miracles of healing that you waited 430 years i know none of you have waited 430 years <laughs> that itself is a miracle right what i'm saying is miracles that you waited for so long are going to happen in jesus name during this time supernaturally while you're sitting on the banquet of wine one of these days when you're taking the banquet of wine this communion suddenly you'll say man i can walk or man i can stretch out my hand man i can do this what's going on this is a new season what's going on and you could say this is the passover night it's happening it's happening do you think this uh, this evil is coming on the world because satan already knows the healing that god has released in this world supernatural healing of the main being restored the lame walk the blind to see and you have the authority to declare and decree and speak and pray over people i am saying you know god has put laid hands on you i want you to stretch forth your hands toward the screen start receiving spiritual gifts for yourself receive spiritual gifts for yourself receive it when i say spiritual gifts means gifts of ministry receive it father i speak and prophesy over this church in the name of jesus anoint them with the holy spirit and power anoint them with supernatural gifts of prophecy of healing of increase and wisdom oh this is what i'm hearing supernatural wisdom super arun god is anointing you with supernatural wisdom products are going to come out of your mind that will blow people's minds says the father thank you jesus receive supernatural wisdom in jesus name supernatural prophecy john the lord says i'm going to give you a new tongue and you will prophesy over nations and you will prophesy over kingdoms and whatever you prophesy will come to pass says the father i've give you power over dominions and nations right now authority in jesus name thank you jesus receive says the father spiritual gifts are now coming and flowing and dropping from heaven during this time receive it you receive it and start exercising it we thank you and we worship you in jesus name amen 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 you all guys are free to leave thank you be blessed enjoy this uh, time enjoy this uh, period and we'll connect back later if anybody wants to stay on the stream and chat you all are free to do it but otherwise be blessed and look forward to ministering again and talking and having fellowship with all of you amen, amen.